Culture Cave. My name's Anthony, and that's Conrad. Hello! I paused again then, <laughs> thinking, is there going to be another another sting in the tail of this yeah. sentence? But I, 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 <laughs> I, do, right, I, I do like saying, say hi to the people. I like saying that, but at the same time, I don't. Yeah. I, I didn't want to be tripping over the words. You know, you know how it is, Conrad, you know how it is. Well, yeah. um, Conrad, how have you been this week? Lovely. It's a new year, and it's a new Conrad that you see before you. Not in any mm. meaningful way. But in like a, in a, a spiritual way, I don't know what yeah. I mean by that. To be honest, like there's well, no difference. Well, technically, we get a 99% new Conrad every three months or so. The cells in the body do replace. That's true, guys. That just is true. Remember that we're all we're all on the same journey together. I don't feel like it. I I hope the cells replenish because uh, I took my I took my fiance uh, ice skating a couple of days ago um, at the oh, uh, Belfast SSC Arena and I absolutely stacked it several times but one <laughs> yeah, time yeah. I like I think you know I'm a 35 year old man my body is like made of glass essentially at this point and I'm fairly sure I've destroyed my kneecap <laughs> from one of those falls <laughs> smack so, it into the ice yeah I, I can't wait for my body to regenerate or <laughs> like, so that, so that yeah. my leg works properly again oh that's brilliant the SSC as well the hallowed ground of course, <laughs> the Belfast yeah. Giants. <laughs> yeah, skating on, skating on the same ice as legendary players like Scott Conway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sponsored by Harry Curry. But anyway, Curry. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a joke that maybe two people listening to this will understand. Oh, please tell me Stephen Crummy's been to the been to the hockey. But anyway, um, as we move on through uh, this uh, this show, it's it's hotting up. Conrad uh, was very excited mm. before we started this uh, chat because he said. Lots of reveals starting to take place, Conrad. Yes, lots of stuff happening. A lot, mm-hmm. uh, lot of Tova as well in this episode. Quite a lot of theories confirmed, uh, both incorrect and correct, to be honest. like There's a few mm-hmm. few either side of that. Um, and some. Uh, and I'm always a fan of when Anton Lesser shows up. Oh, yeah. uh, and we get, a, we get a fair bit of him. Fair bit of him in this episode. Yeah, he has a bit more. And could you tell that some of his things he said this episode were... Quotes in the trailer as well. You could just it was trailer fodder. Some of the stuff he yeah. said in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm I'm like 99% sure. I mean, we'll get to it when we get to it. But the bit where like the crystal dissolves in his hand, I was like, that's got to have been in a trailer at some point, surely. <laughs> like, 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 that's a that's an oh shit moment if ever I've seen one. That does look like it looked like a trailer trailer moment. Okay, so first of all, Conrad's got his pre thoughts, which we will listen to right about now. <laughs> Conrad here once again back after Christmas still very cold still wearing a dressing gown indoors over his day clothes Uh, so yeah sorry about that that's going to carry on until Northern Ireland gets a bit warmer Um, so 1899 I haven't watched this show in two weeks because of um, Christmas and stuff so uh, I'm coming to this like having had a little bit of a break i know this episode is called the pyramid so i think i guessed in the last episode that um the pyramids are intrinsic to the um to the simulation theory that i have because there's some kind of like alien technology in them that allowed humanity to advance to the point of running the, a, a simulation of that level because as we all know aliens build pyramids all the time for some reason i don't it's never been explained but you know that seems like the kind of thing that they'd get up to that they definitely get up to in real life and it seems like the kind of thing that they'd get up to in 1899 as well um i think also in this episode we're going to get more anton lesser's bond villain lair complete with his bad guys in boiler suits slash star trek but i i think it's equal parts of both 
um, and probably more of Mora running things but not actually knowing it and Daniel and the boy desperately trying to uh, remind her without like just coming out and saying it because presumably that would cause some kind of catastrophic uh, like failure in the simulation or something along those lines um, but yeah so can't wait to get back to 1899 hope you all had a good Christmas and New Year let's get into it hey you yeah 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 you do you like 1899 well as well as these breakdown videos we also do theories unanswered questions and plenty more subscribe so you don't miss it the episode opens uh, with Tova in a dream uh, with mm. In a very dark-like forest, we've talked about it before, uh, yeah. Ada Ada is there um, and saying, come and get me. Whenever she goes to get, uh, when it, her Tove goes to get Ada, a man in a hat turns around and says, found you. Yeah. A lot of spooks in this episode. A lot of spooky yeah. stuff. Um, some jump scares as well. One or two that actually got me, to be honest, which is, you know, someone who watches quite a lot of horror. I mean, I'm, I am, like, I will readily admit I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a coward when it comes to, to, to oh, scary yeah, stuff. As, big time. as much as I love watching it. Um, but, but yeah, like a couple of, a couple of very atmospheric moments in this. And this is one, um, this, not the first time someone has been running through a creepy forest to the sound of uh, children's voices That's kind right. of eerily playing in the, in sort of uh, in the ambient background noise uh, and yeah this time it was uh, it was it was uh, Tova and looking for Ada and I have uh, I speculated before that I thought Tova was the victim of some kind of uh, abuse that led to her pregnancy mm-hmm. um, maybe multiple times uh potentially leading to ada's birth i'm less confident on the ada side of things after seeing this episode but at this point in this episode i was like well this man seems like a prime suspect (laughs) immediately (laughs) like this is uh this is this guy's up to no good which is interesting to me because i I always think to myself like is this guy gonna come back at some point in the show like later on to be a bigger role because like imagine your only role was to be like this guy in this like flashback attack it's Pretty weird. Pretty well, weird. Well, this is the this is the Fran special. This so in the next Barambod or Yonder yeah, 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 yeah. uh, show, this guy will be have a much bigger role and be like a much more complicated character. But in this one, he's just bastard landlord. Is, is, <laughs> yeah. is this guy's and, character? Well, a little bit more than that as well, which we'll talk about well, later. Yeah. <laughs> or we'll sort of you know we'll talk about in in respectful terms. So, um, where is the boy? Uh, Tova wakes up. Wake up. Yep. And then she immediately. Uh, goes on the, the like the sort of the line of thinking that her mother even had, uh, and saying, "Where's the boy?" Saying her mother was right. Uh, what did you think about yes. that little turn? Well, as you take a sip of coffee there. Sorry, yeah, um, yeah. I guess it, it, I, I didn't really sort of interrogate why she'd had that that change. It's more, I guess, it's because it's um, the dream that she's had is invoking trauma, as it is for pretty much everyone now that i think about it who's had these these kind of these quote unquote dreams mm-hmm. um or or yeah memories probably flashback attacks flashback attacks i call yeah. um and maybe it's just like a sort of panic like she just wants to get off this boat as quickly as possible and mm-hmm. and she like she doesn't want to relive that trauma anymore so uh her natural reaction is to clutch at the most obvious solution to it even if that solution makes no sense which in this case is her mum being yeah. like well obviously it's the boy's fault like the, he's the one who's, who's doing all of this somehow um so maybe that's it I, but i think um 
uh, one of the themes of this show is seems to be how people respond to trauma. I think mm-hmm. that's a big a big yeah, big yeah, part yeah. of it, uh, and I think that's borne out in the characters that we've seen so far. So you're you know Lingyi, Jerome, uh, uh, who else have we seen? Tova and I'm missing someone or Andreas as well. Send Andreas Peachman his backstory. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, Ike, Ike, yeah, yeah, Ike, um, yeah, Ike's Ike's backstory as well. Um, so lots yeah, of I people, expect- lots of people killing, uh, or you know, obviously lots of death, but there's also like lots of like Ling Yi, Tova. Also, we got the hint that also Ramiro um, and Angel were involved in that. So there's a lot of people who's like literally backstory is just that they killed someone and now they're running away. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of murderers on this ship, as it turns out. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, I I wouldn't want to be stuck at sea with with this crew of people. Let's uh, no. let's just put it that way. No, no, definitely not. Um, last episode, you said that you were expecting episode five to be a little bit like you know, like the batten down the hatches episode. What, how did yeah. you say, call it again? You, I can't remember. Like a stage play, like you know, it all yeah. takes place in like one environment, and it could it could work on stage because there's not. It's all about the characters and their interactions. Yeah, it's like it's like there's an episode of Game of Thrones season eight like that, um, where like they're all just sort of waiting for the war to begin. Um, I think yeah. I think the first half of this episode, although they're not in the same room, the the, t- the pace went way down. And they're just like yes. They split up and they were walking around the boat, and there was and then Ramiro and uh, Anka were were in the were in the engine room and stuff. Like there was a, actually not a whole episode of it, but there was about ten to fifteen minutes of twenty minutes even of that sort of batten down the hatches, slow slow down the pace uh, aspect. I think which you were expecting last episode. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely something to that. I think that they they definitely like Ike sends them off into their groups to be like, mm-hmm. this is the search for survivors group. This is the watch the telegram. Uh, group or tele telegraph? I don't know what you call that machine. The beep 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 that one. <laughs> like Morse, that ma- Morse machine, I call it. Okay, sure, Morse machine. And one of the one group has to like manage the fuel consumption and sort out the engine room. Yeah. And then within those groups, you you don't have a lot of action really. Like there's a couple of bits and pieces, but for the most part, it's these characters are going to talk to each other and basically just be a vehicle for atmosphere. Like yeah. particularly, particularly the search for survivors group, it's mm-hmm. very like creepy because it's just them walking around a now very, very like strikingly empty ship, uh, yeah. looking for survivors. Even though we know they aren't, they aren't going to find any. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Tova, periodically losing her mind as she sees people who are <laughs> who are now dead. Yeah, it's her turn. It, it's it's really nice of the uh, like some of these flashback attacks or whatever's causing these to to have them go one at a time because. As an audience, it would have been really confusing if you were just like having to watch them all the flashbacks like in, in mixed yeah. ju- jumbled order. Really <laughs> yeah. nice of them to do it in a linear fashion for us. But yes. um, so the pyramid is the name of the episode. Uh, we do get the mm. shot of the big black pyramid at the end. We also yep. get uh, Anton Lesser later asking for the pyramid. Uh, we mm. assume that's the boy's pyramid because that's what he's talking about the boy at the time. Next up, we get a Mora and Ike scene. Um, sort of maybe they're just questioning each other here. So a charged uh, moment between them. I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like Mora wants to know, like, why didn't you tell him about my father? Ike throws straight back again. Well, why didn't you tell him that I was the captain of the Prometheus? So uh, yeah, they but they both realize that actually they've both got secrets and they're both not betraying each other. There's a bit of loyalty between them yeah, at this there's point. Yeah, some trust. There's some trust. And then she also thanks uh, thanks him for not thinking that she's crazy, uh, which comes yeah. back a couple of times actually in this. Um, and then they share a moment, as you say, a charge moment at the end of this. Yeah. Which, uh, which is, which? Any, any ideas about that charge moment? I think it's just, yeah. it's, it's like r- romantic interest. I would, I would assume. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, 
it's them. Well, I, I've said it before. It's kind of similar to Ling Yi and Oleg. Um, mm. You know, they're they're like people who are like lost at sea, basically, to continue the mm-hmm. metaphor, uh, and they're sort of clinging to each other for for any kind of uh, any kind any kind of refuge in the storm. Um, yeah. I I think I, I actually do think this isn't really based on anything, but based on where uh, Mora's relationship with Ike and Daniel goes in this episode, I think we're probably going to find out from about Ike that he was maybe more responsible for the deaths of his daughters than we've been led to believe, just because I think that would be a fun twist in the narrative to have, hey. like, Daniel... There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, to have Daniel, who is her husband, watch as she falls in love with a man that he knows to be uh, a lot more... Um, morally complicated than than he's been made out to be thus far. Not to say he's been portrayed as a saint thus far, but yeah. um, but I think I think there may be more to Ike's backstory than we've seen uh, as of yet. Yeah, actually, and something I wanted to ask you about, like we're late we're late in the season now, so I don't mind throwing these sort of questions out to you, sort of just tease the little theory brain here. So when I was watching this, and I sort of start I started putting things together similar to you, thinking to myself, okay, obviously something's not going right here. Um, I think at this point in the show, I maybe even used the word simulation myself. I mean, mm. everyone's going to find out because I am going to put my initial thoughts up uh, on the channel after we finish this. So just okay. look, out, look out for that because um, I did actually record them. But basically, Conrad, I started thinking to myself, well, if this is some sort of simulation, right, then that well, does that mean does that, does that mean that the relationships between everyone on the boat might actually be different than they are being played out in this simulation? So, for example, this moment between Ike and Mora, I thought to myself, is I was always thinking, like, is that a hint to what a true relationship might be in this in, in sort of a different time, a different place, you know what I mean? What so as in they they had a similar relationship to this, or they or they've ha- have a different relationship, but but they do have a relationship like outside of the simulation. Yeah, well, obviously, the first time I watched this, I, I hadn't actually saw the end, seen the end of this episode yet, so I didn't know the reveal of Daniel being uh, Mora's husband, but I was thinking as soon as I saw that, oh, my God, are they together outside of mm. this thing? You know what I mean? I, thi- I think... Um, sort of like the Jerome Clement stuff for me as well was triggering that, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I, I think the... It's kind of what I was saying in the previous episode, where I think the specifics of um, their relationships are not necessarily real but the broad strokes are so like jerome and um and uh, and lucian uh, lucian like aunts uh like obviously don't like each other and i feel like mm-hmm. that the strength of that that emotion that they feel towards each other um of you know the betrayal and all that is 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 kind of permeating into into this this simulation but I, the reality the, the the sort of details of oh he was betrayed while in the french foreign legion um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that's going to be accurate to it, and 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 um, likewise, Ling Yi and her mother. Um, that that I think that her accidentally killing her friend is going to be real, but uh, and and okay. and her fleeing uh, wherever they were at the beginning uh, is going to be real, but I don't necessarily think the period or the the, the sort of specifics of it are going to be uh, the same. Okay, awesome. Uh, interesting, interesting. So next up, the search is going on. Um, mm. the four women uh, are looking for survivors. as Tova, Eben, Virginia, and uh, Clemence. Yeah. Um, Tova hears something, and then Iben starts saying, like, you know, oh, you believe me now, you are chosen. Um, so sort of 
even is thinking that maybe Tovi is coming around to her way of thinking. Yeah. Uh, I, I understand why she thinks that too. And then, and then they also they all split up uh, into two groups yeah. of two. People keep split like for an episode yeah. that is like the most kind of horror-ish of the show thus far it really does and i think this is deliberate it really does kind of lean into horror tropes where everyone keeps on going off alone in this yeah. episode and i constantly was thinking you know this person's not going to come back from this like something bad is going to happen to them as it turns out it's just mrs wilson who does something stupid um yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, that probably won't come back from this um I do also, I need to say this, this is not a term I like to use, and I don't use it lightly, but Eben continues to have the most severe case of resting bitch face I've ever seen <laughs> a, like, a character have. It's not, I, I don't say that lightly, but it is like, she has, a, a, to, to, to coin a phrase, or, or to use a coin phrase, she has a face like a slapped ass, that woman. It's just, <laughs> like, she really is yeah, constantly yeah. upset. <laughs> she is, yeah. And even when she's like, yeah, in any emotion, it, like... She, I, it's hard to tell what she's thinking because she just looks like that all the time. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, the black shard. So basically, the men find them mm. first. Well, yes. men, men and Ling Yi find People, them first. I, I like put like falling over themselves to touch this yeah, strange yeah, yeah, yeah. growing crystal. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> don't, like, <laughs> like, don't touch shit like that. It's well, good thing Daniel. Good, good thing Daniel was there. Daniel. Daniel uh, told him not to touch it. We don't know what it is. And we don't know what it does. Uh, yeah, so he, I, th- I think he does. I mean, he he immediately walks off in another direction to fix that shit. So it, he might not specifically know what it is, but he definitely has an inkling of what it is or what it's mm-hmm. related to, I think. Um, it, it also really makes me laugh when, when the, the male search party find it. Uh, and I think it's Jerome says, it's strange, it wasn't here before. It's like, yeah, no shit, it wasn't there before. Like, <laughs> it's growing like, right now. <laughs> like, it's growing. Like, what are you, well, stating the obvious, Jesus It wasn't Christ. here before, this massive shard coming out of the roof. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's part of the design of the ship, I'll be honest. It's like, oh, <laughs> fucking hell, Sherlock Holmes is on the case here. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a good point. Uh, right, Mora shows Ike the hatch that the boy took them down. Um, yes. uh, Ike sort of starts... This is the beginning where they're starting to sort of question their reality. And I use that word reality yes. very very particularly because later in the episode we get a few things about that. Um, so he says, maybe this is some sort of dream. Um, and then Mora makes up a good point. Well, who's dreaming then? Is it me yeah. or is it you? Yes. And I, like when she said that, I was immediately like, exactly Mora. And I, you know, you go back to that that um th- what henry singleton like said in the last episode like you're not asking all the right questions like she's so close yeah. to the answer here but she's kind of skirting around the edges of it uh and she isn't quite there yet but yeah it's 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 maddening how close she is to figuring this out i think yeah 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 exactly well i think like any good mystery show it also parts of dark were the same like we talked about it like us the viewer we put it together slightly before the characters because mm. part part of a good mystery show is us the viewer being able to feel like we've solved it you know yeah so even if you even if you've solved it five minutes before you revealed you still feel great about it you know um yes, how many <laughs> how many times has there something happened in a mystery show where you've went told you just like i said you know uh, even yeah. though it's like one percent related to what you said <laughs> yeah. um all right so uh the, the mountainous terrain they're, they're in there ike and mora go through the tunnel Love that design of the tunnel coming through. We've talked yeah. about it before, but coming through into uh, sort of out of the sky, looks like um, where Mora. Oh, they, uh, Mora says it. This is now. Uh, this is interesting. Mora says that it looks like where she grew up, but it feels mm. different. It feels different. 
Yes, so I take this, this is a theory, I take this to mean that the building is real, yeah. but uh, like much of what we're seeing here, the memory is kind of jumbled around, and, and so this building is real, but it's planted where it shouldn't be, which is this like tundra landscape. Um, so it was probably, I mean, she's English, so and she's from the south of England, so I'm going to say, but this isn't part of the theory, but just as a guess, the building is probably in London somewhere, or something like that, you know. Um, and, could be, uh, could be. Um, and, it, uh, yeah. I will say though that we at the beginning of the series you, we were like sort of trying to think about where this landscape could be, right? Yeah. Um, now I'm just going to say this because I actually looked up on Google Maps where the place she said she was from is, right? Oh, okay. She, well, she says from some Moorfield or something. Yeah, Moorfield. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually in Scotland, right? How is it? Okay. And, and you actually jokingly said when we started recording the first episode when you saw this that you know i could just be the highlands in scotland or some some something like that right yeah i mean it reminds me of a level in uncharted 4 which is yeah. set in 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 the highlands of scotland <laughs> That's yeah I so i've that. since i've since actually found out that they did film these the, like the the shots for the volume for like the actual landscape shots in scotland for this oh so, okay well there you go that's uh that's well they we've nailed it we're yes. even trying so moorfield so as you say, like we don't know in terms of this, if this is a simulation, as you say, you know, we don't know whether or not even like the idea of she's from Moorfield is correct. This could be a building in a city like London or something. Yeah. Um, but very much the the place where she said is in Scotland, and this this was shot in Scotland, so maybe there's something going on there. Um, also, it's like Scotland, and they're also mentioning the that's an Irish name, but you're not Irish. There's something going on with like actual identity here too, you know? What I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I Maura Franklin probably is from Moorfield in Scotland. I think um, some someone in the comments, I think it was the last episode. I, I don't tend to read them because I don't want to get spoiled or anything. But they made the they made the good point that um, Maura saying her name at the beginning of the <clears throat> of the first episode into the mirror is maybe her trying to like reassert um her her identity to herself rather than to rather than like practicing an introduction so she's not actually sure who she is rather than she's being like duplicitous about it um so i think the Maura franklin from moorfield thing like Maura franklin probably was from moorfield um but uh but she's not Maura franklin she's henriette singleton um and uh and you know my whole there can only be one Maura Hen- Maura Henriette Singleton. Well, yeah, but that's just her jumbling up the names. Like, so she's she like Maura Franklin is probably someone else entirely. Um, I mean, I, I could see that. I could see that. That'll be good. Yeah, that'll be yeah, cool. Um, but uh, one thing I will actually say about the volume as well is uh, I hadn't really thought about it before, but I presume a lot of I, I I don't know this, but I presume a lot of the like climbing through tunnels into like through invisible walls, and we get more invisible wall stuff later in this episode with her like pulling things off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if that's physically being done to the volume, like pulling screens off of the volume and stuff. Because I mean, that it, would be cool, it, but I think that they'll be so thin in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I've never actually seen a volume in person, so I don't know how how like moddable they are, or whether you'd have some some engineers on set. Yeah, they yeah, like yeah. stop ripping screens off the volume, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Andreas. Yeah. Fucking expensive, <laughs> but um, it definitely looks great. It looks great throughout this episode. It's looked great yeah, the whole does. way through the series. Yeah, it does. Okay, so um, it says it looks like where she grew up. Also, as you said, the building belongs to her father. Um, and then I, I says, do you think the boys are there? They start walking towards it. Next scene is Tova and Clemence. Um, yep. Now, to- <laughs> little thing I noticed here, right? Um, I don't, I don't, I assume you've noticed this because I just, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Like I, anything religious or whatever, I just like, yep, there it is. Uh, so, <laughs> um, she, she asks when she's due. 
and she's yes. doing two, she's doing two months now the date mm. the date around when this ship is right now is around around the 25th of october right okay i see so, where you're going with this so two months time <laughs> is actually christmas and therefore even going on about how this is like christ's baby or whatever god's bestowed this baby upon you it's like is there something going on here is this baby the savior what do you think uh, well, I mean, as someone whose fiance's birthday is the thirtieth of December, let me tell you, there's 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 nothing holy about about, about that stretch. It's just a stressful time. But uh, I mean, you know, maybe maybe it's Jesus. I doubt it. Some, somehow, but, but you never know. Um, the 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 uh, the thing the thing that I enjoyed most in this scene, like, is. Um, there aren't we've mentioned before there being like tropes in this show mm-hmm. that occasionally are kind of dumb and this is a classic one where uh clemence and and you know tova discuss like their failed love lives and you know yeah, tova's yeah, yeah. due date and all that and then clemence like laments her failed marriage and the fact that she's presumably not going to have children because you know she because her marriage is is as screwed up as it is and her husband's dying yeah and then it's almost like working nine to five starts playing as she symbolically yeah. changes her dress for trousers. It's just like, all right, I get it, guys. You don't need to fucking bash me over the head with this one. Well, actually, you know what's funny about that? I actually made a note about that because I think there's an interesting thing to note there. So basically, if you view the idea that like um, they've they've been sort of being reset and this has been going on a number of times... And every time they sort of get to close to breaking out or they get close to realizing truth, they just reset it, right? Reset it, reset yeah. it, reset it. So you view that as in terms of the cycles of, of, of uh, like, you know, the world, the cycles of zeitgeist, all that sort of thing. It's interesting to me that the moment that they go beyond the loop that they're supposed to run, they go beyond the, the, the path they're supposed to follow. And all of a sudden, we have the characters doing these progressive things like a woman wearing trousers. It's yeah. almost a comment on society saying that if you actually just like rise above the, the, the monotonous cycle of what you're expected to do, then you actually can progress society. So I thought that was actually, actually a really interesting point, Conrad. Yeah, there definitely is some social commentary in there, I think, of you know people people breaking out of their, their social molds and, and, uh, and attaining what they didn't think was possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, the, the Dolly Parton thing's good too. Uh, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> engine room, engine room. Now, uh, we had like we had Chekhov's uh, coal bunker room earlier, and they yeah. go up, they they go up there to get the coal Oleg ready. Immediately, is like I I I'll go up there and sort the coal out, and I was like, oh, it's not coming back. Everyone keeps going off on their own in this, and he's going to get got by something yeah. uh and as it turns out it was lingy that got him and <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a way i hadn't anticipated to be honest i also feel i have to explain myself to new listeners as well i'm at the point with Chekhov's gun where i just refer <laughs> any anything which we get shown and then it comes back later i just call it Chekhov's, no matter what and it, literally anything that appears on screen <laughs> yeah. is a check of something yeah. listen i've read i've read my stanislavski all right i'm a, i'm i'm uh, very knowledgeable on this we're up to date on it um so uh Oleg reveals that his brother lives in america yes. um so it's, says, a it's a long story it's a long story it's a long story um don't have time for it now so ling yi says you're not the same as any other man which is actually a pretty dead on state unless his brother's a twin yeah i think i think it's pretty pretty safe to say he isn't like any other man because the dna would be different what do you think yeah i mean that's fa- uh, like it's, she's stating the obvious here it's, yeah, a ridic- yeah, it's, like- it's, a, it's a ridiculous thing to say ling yi but like <laughs> <laughs> of course he isn't um, i mean 
like in terms of things that that would be stand out and unique from this interaction i think kissing someone whose face is covered in coal is got to be up there because that must taste that taste will stay with you that's got to taste absolutely awful yeah it's not like chalk chalk has no taste of course but this the coal you'd be tricked into take taking a taste although that's not true sure chalk must taste of something no it doesn't like my I, when i did my maths degree or my university lecturers would always like rewriting on the board with chalk just eat and a then, bit of chalk <laughs> no, it's whenever their like... whenever their fingers were dirty or a couple of them were full covered in chalk, they just lick their fingers. Oh, they it's like lick. Charlie Day in it's always sunny yeah. Philadelphia. <laughs> he needs too much no... seaweed, so he needs a chalk break. <laughs> chalk dust on your hand has literally no taste. Well, in my in my experience, that's good stuff. If you if you if your chalk if your chalk has taste, you're not getting the good stuff. Let's just say that. Yeah, you've got uh, you've got bad chalk is what you've come across then. But also maybe it's a little maybe it's a little hint. Maybe maybe Lingy's pregnant because you do hear sometimes about pregnancy cravings having women licking coal. You never some coal. Yeah, she wants to chew on. So you never know. Um, so okay, so they're in room one oh one one. Daniel follows through the tunnel, um, and then he also takes a moment, a little beat, to look at the grave cross. Yeah, so this is this is a moment where I'm gonna I'm gonna hang myself out to dry here because I, I normally I, I consider myself to be relatively observant when it comes to you know visual media, um, and I've not really questioned at any point who is actually buried under that grave marker. Yeah, which That's is true. Yeah, normally I'd be like, well, someone's buried there. Who could it possibly be? <laughs> um, so I'm just I'm gonna speculate now that it's her brother Kieran's grave. Um, and I still think that one of the boy or Daniel are a manifestation of her brother. Daniel, I'm almost like 100% certain it's not him. Like, it's not a case of her confusing the names or whatever. Like, I think he, Daniel is Daniel and is a, is, is her, is her husband. Um, so I, I think the boy is probably a manifestation of her memory of her brother, but I think in, in real life he died. Um, which, uh, would make why he's so much less verbose i guess <clears throat> than uh, than all the other people um aboard aboard this ship uh make a bit more sense because he's kind of she like it, he's not acting of his own volition he's like just her memories of her of her brother who probably died when he was i don't know how old the boy is like eight years old or something um brought to life by the by the simulation that's that's being run by her own mind okay interesting interesting um ike and mora uh, in the mental hospital now, they do mention it's a mental hospital. It actually yes. says mental health on the door as well. It does. As she's walk- yeah. walking in. Um, father built. Now this was interesting. Mm. Her father built it in the memory of her mother. Now let's just yes. first let's just first picture Anton Lesser building this building. Can we just do that for a second? Yeah. Like he, he brick this by man. Brick. Yeah, brick by brick. <laughs> right. What the hell? Surely they mean he just he he paid for it to be built. I mean, that's anyway. probably what they do mean. To be honest, I don't think he he doesn't strike me as the kind of man to get his hands dirty unless it's handling obsidian crystals, which he does do later in this episode. Definitely not. Definitely not the centre of London. Like, no, <laughs> I guess yeah, you're little, you said it's probably the centre of London. So like randomly on the commuters, just watching this one man building this building. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, they say that her, built for the mother. The mother has uh, she forgot herself. Um, mm. he, he wanted to learn how the brain worked uh, to try and see if he could repair the damage. Yes. Um, so Mora doesn't remember much else about this, to be honest with you. They go into the big room, which is like sort of like the torture chamber with uh, where, where we've seen her getting injected before. Um, yes. They open the windows and they see the ship's hull. And then they rip the wall off and there's more hull. 
Yes. Okay, so there's a few things to discuss here. First mm-hmm. off, when she's talking about her mother, I I actually initially started spe- like thinking, she says she grew up here, which is a mental hospital, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like I, I immediately questioned that. It's like, why would you say you grew up? Well, in I think they were hospital? talking about the landscape, and then she pointed at the building and said, and that's, oh, okay. that's yeah, that's my father's building. Well, maybe. Okay, so that would be the potentially the Maura Franklin Moorfield stuff. But when she's talking about her mother, she has a really interesting quote, which I, I really liked, and I and I, 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 I wrote it down. So she said, I, I have paraphrased this slightly because it's a bit longer than this, but at each birth, she became less and less of what she used to be. She forgot her names and eventually us. Now, we've talked about this being a simulation that is looping all the time. Yeah. I sense a double meaning here. There's a double, like, there may be a double meaning here. So the each birth could easily be interpreted to mean, uh, interpreted? Interpreted. Well, no, let's go with it, let's go with it. Interpreted! Uh, <laughs> double birth, and that's in that, in that word itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The word's so nice, I pronounced it twice. Uh, the, the, or syllable so nice would have been funnier. Uh, the each birth, it could easily be interpreted to mean, like, each loop of the simulation. So basically, more a... Yeah. has or Henriette Singleton has followed in her mother's footsteps and has lost herself and her memories in each birth of this simulation that, that I'm, I'm like 90% sure that's what they're what they're hinting at here um now and, and something else that's a little bit separate to this but when they walk into the room with the with the the chair in it yeah Maura says that she doesn't remember what happened here um and I suspect it's because like she said in the last episode that she thinks her dad is trying to make her forget who she is because mm-hmm. she remembers being a doctor but all her memories of her being a patient in mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. in this hospital so i think that there's there's a couple of things happening here uh, happening here i think she has somehow like inherited mother's uh, mother memories from her mother of being a patient here i think that's part of what she's being remembering with like the injections into the neck and being dragged away and all that stuff that's her that's her mother's memories that she has like you can you can pass like kind of more what's the word more like kind of primal memories down through dna it's how you like you know animals learn that this plant is poisonous or you know mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. to go near not to go near spiders. elephants elephants knowing which way to go to get water yeah yeah exactly that kind of stuff so i sense that there's there's something like that happening here where mora has inherited some of her mother's memories which are manifesting in this simulation as her being a patient at this hospital but i also think that she remembers being a doctor and i think it's because her subconscious won't allow her to remember the guilt she feels at having carried on her father's work with like kind of relatively cruel experiments on the brain so the Mm. reason she can't remember what happened in this room is because this was the room that she worked in to experiment on other people possibly as part of building out the simulation um so yeah I, i i think I, th- I think we're going to at some point find out that she carried on her father's work essentially and um because of, because of the guilt uh, her subconscious has kind of closed that off to her to um to allow her to construct this fantasy which again like ties back into this theory or this theme of characters dealing with trauma and grief and guilt mm-hmm. and all these kind of emotions and like how not dealing with them can have very serious repercussions but what, what how does that figure into because remember like when the reveal was she was henriette singleton yes um, we were sort of talking about like you know like she like she is the singleton from your theory she is that so therefore like what what's going on with the father's existence or what like does the does the dad anton lesser exist in what would be the real world 
as well? Uh, you know, or, or is or is he just a ma- in within this? Is he just a manifestation of her? You know, because you you know you've straight away said I think she's the creator. So if she created this, is she just like her mind is putting it onto him? This this character has been dreamed up so that like that's the creator within the simulation or whatever. You know. Yeah. So I think um, I mean it kind of like it all became crystallized for me at the end of this episode during the montage. But I'll, I'll say it now because I've already said it before, like to some extent. I think. Henry Singleton, the man played by Anton Lesser within this simulation, I do believe he's in the simulation as well, um, is a manifestation of unresolved trauma that Maura Franklin slash Henriette Singleton, because I think they might be different mm-hmm. people. I think Maura Franklin might even be her mother. I'm not sure yet, but I think Maura Franklin might might be Maura Singleton, uh, Henriette Singleton's mother, and the woman we are seeing playing Maura is just Henriette Singleton. But I'm I'm not 100 percent on that. Okay. But um, but the, I'll call her Maura Franklin for 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 like because that's what she's referred to in the show uh, at the moment. But so um, Maura Franklin had a traumatic traumatic relationship with her father had a lot of um a lot of unresolved trauma there then went on to create this simulation which is losing like a neural network of of people's minds to 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 build it and as part of that their memories go into creating the simulation and what has happened is anton lesser henry henry singleton has manifested as an antagonist within the simulation because of her unresolved trauma so like the 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 neural network has basically tapped into all of these emotions that 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 mora has and built an antagonist who's working against her within within this simulation so he he was a real guy at some point he's probably long dead um but uh but within this simulation he still exists and is still is still working against her Okay, um, so he's living in her head rent free, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know if it's rent free. He might be paying rent <laughs> yeah. on on his on his space plateau, wherever it is. The fucking like, he's walking where around. is that? Like, what is? Oh, I don't know. On? I don't know where that is. It doesn't look like Earth. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, Anchor and Ramiro now um, they're in the little sort of the, the what do you call it? The bridge. The brig. The bridge. The bridge. Sure. The bridge. The bridge. Can no, I just say, brig, I love the this brig, double act. The brig, the brig is def- definitely something different. No. Yeah, um, okay, yes, I love this double act too. Like, they can't understand a word each other's saying, but they can feel it, Connor. They can feel the emotion. That's what matters. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lovely bit of symbolism here. You know, you've got your your fake priest and one who has lost his faith. Like, there's a, there's a lot of... Yeah, 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 lot, yeah. There's a lot of irony there. And, um, you know, Anka hasn't had a lot to do, really, in this show. Um, but this, yeah, there's yeah. a lovely little bit of character work for him here. Just, you know colouring in at the edges you know shading in the characters letting us get to know them yeah it's interesting as well Anchor was one of the characters I was looking forward to in this show because um, the actor is in a show called Equinox a Danish show Um, and he's like you know really interesting character in that and I think he does a really good performance in it but then when this came out, yeah, it takes a long time for Anchor to get going to be honest with you it's almost like he's an anchor but um, anyway (laughs) yeah so uh, there's there's one thing I want to say here so the, the beginning of this emotional scene we have Ramiro apologizing to Anchor. It's weird to say apologizing, but it's literally what he does. He says, yeah. so, sorry about your son. We, we never think about that, actually. When someone says sorry about your son, they're literally apologizing for it. You know, the word... Yeah. Anyway, anyway. So, sorry sorry about your son. Now, I want to say this. A lovely thing. Lovely of Ramiro to say it. You know, you know well done. He's, he's trying to sort of make Anchor feel better. What about Ada? Is what I want to say because she literally died. Met what two days ago? <laughs> old, old news. Old news. That one. <laughs> you know how people were in like Victorian times. They'd be like, I, I, "We had ten children. Only three of them survived childhood." But you know, 
these things happen we've done our bit we've done our bit okay so uh yeah we get the whole emotional scene which we don't have to go through blow by blow but basically we get a moment of anchor saying not even sure if he believes it he wanted to do it like to sort of for his wife um and then uh he says he was a farmer for generations uh he says it's all a lie he doesn't even believe in god potentially and then ramiro just acts like a priest and says he's forgiven or whatever he yeah, says yeah he forgives yeah. him like which is you know it's a nice a nice gesture by Romero and R- Romero like it, it's just a fun little double act this scene like it, and, <laughs> what, and, and the uh, scenes where we return to them as well I will also say as well Connor storms off like the shit he is in this yeah. scene like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, immediately like he's he's such a he's such a bastard that character I've got no time for it yeah 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 part of me part of me thinks like you know he's I know, like, obviously we find out who he's working with and stuff, This, but I'm just like, you know, how much... He, he seems like too much of a bastard to just be, like, a henchman for Henry Singleton. Oh, I think like, he, he's, the, he's the Boris Grushenko to uh, <laughs> to Anton Lesser's Alec Trevelyan in this. Like, yeah. he's, just, he's, he's just Alan Cumming going around being a twat is what, <laughs> yeah, is, is, yeah. what, is what his role is in this show, yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, okay, so uh, we have then a, a bit more of the search party. This is what mm. this is where Virginia touches the stuff actually, and her finger. Yes. She touches like the black shard stuff, and her finger goes black. Starts like growing black onto it. Like yes, a, matte, so, a really scary matte black as well. Yeah, I don't think I don't think she's gonna last <clears throat> that much longer with that going on because it's clearly growing. Um, th- there is a really nice bit of scene mirroring here because we go from. Uh, anchor talking about like having lost his faith and 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 that with Ramiro to even talking about everything being God's plan and everything being preordained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the the two sides that relationship. Whereas like they're not on good, they're not talking to each other <laughs> or not not talking to each other about the important things. Those two clearly because uh, they're on di- they're on different pages. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, so Mrs. Wilson touches the rock coming through the window. Her hand begins to turn black. I think that's basically her. Um, like she is being reset as part of this as well like okay. she's being wiped from the memory of the simulation to, to to be like hard reset um and yeah this this was the moment where i was like okay so this is this is basically going to this is going to destroy everything and 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 start again um because okay. of how because of how it's like proliferating around the ship okay um when i was watching it i think i was on the same wavelength as you about this black shard stuff but instead of it actually being like a thing that pops in to reset i actually was viewing it as almost like a corruption that was happening it could, now that- it could be that actually as well but i think because my theory because my theory last week it was like oh this is like alien technology like you know it's what the mm-hmm. what the pyramids are built out of yeah um oh it certainly looks like the same material the pyramids are built out of um that this was a representation of the like fundamental nature of that technology like why yeah. so you're kind of seeing seeing like the roots of the simulation coming in and pulling everything apart but it could also be a could also be a corruption because it's definitely not supposed to do this yeah, yeah okay cool uh flashback attack uh tova sees yeah. cresta getting shot yep just yeah, a little a, a little moment wrong. of it here a little moment of it here yeah what was your theory about that so my theory was that he he got into some you know romantic tryst with a rich guy uh and that's why his relationship with angel was uh was uh, so poignant for him because it was like you know him it was going to happen to him again and it's not really true like i mean there was elements the of the son of the landlord would that not count as a rich guy I mean, listen. I've marked it as wrong. When we come to the theory matrix scoring, I'm I'm happy to have that debate if I need the points. Um, I got to be honest with you though. 
Anthony, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this. This character, Landlord Bastard, uh, whatever his name is, I could not move past the fact that he looks exactly like Marty McFly's great-great-granddad from Back to the Future. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I couldn't get past it. I was like, this is... I can't remember the guy. Is it George? No, it's not George McFly. I can't remember what his what his character's name is. Seamus um, McFly. Seamus McFly. That's it. Yeah, I couldn't get past it. I was like, my god, this is just the same character. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about that is maybe then if we get like some sort of more moderny thing where like you know they they come out of whatever they're in and they're in a more modern area, more modern day, maybe we'll get that guy. Like as we'll get like the Marty McFly version of him. Oh, I love it! Yeah, there's a <laughs> he wakes up and Power of Love starts playing. It's like <laughs> this fifty year old man like skateboarding. <laughs> I'd be there for it. I would oh. be there for it. Um, Make what, it I happen. Might, well, what I might actually do then is I might just like well, let's just talk about the Tova stuff overall then as well now. Okay. So so Tova um, Tova has another flashback attack a few minutes later and basically. Um, well, it starts off by Cresta. She thinks it's Cresta. She's going to try and tap the shoulder off to see. It's actually the Hat Man again. And yes. um, he starts talking about uh, truth, uh, truth, virtue, uh, lies. You know, lies mean you have to be, you know, it's a sin. Lie is a sin. One should be punished for your sins. And then we have, uh, he says, you, your son stole something from me and now he is lying. He says, you touched my son and took his innocence now yes straight away okay i'm gonna say this i had a intake of breath <gasps> crest is not who we thought he was right mm. having said that having said that the way the year that we're talking about and the way it is i think that crest had a relationship with his son yeah. and he has viewed it as Cresta corrupting his son do you know yeah, what I mean I don't, I, I don't think this is like child abuse I think I think no no no, like, no. I mean Cresta's like what like supposed to be like 18 maybe and his son is I don't know maybe like I don't know probably similar age to be uh, like uh, the, we have no reason to believe otherwise I think the language he's using here is deliberately like provocative and emotive because this guy is speaking in hyperbole for for what is probably a fairly innocuous like romantic relationship between Cresta and this dude's son um and certainly- although, although if there was thoughts of a potential uh, child abuse by Cresta, not having Cresta in the show at the minute is uh, probably a way to soften the blow. Because like we we haven't seen Cresta in like a couple episodes now, and it's yeah. like all of a sudden it's like we thought I was like mourning the death of this guy, and I was like, hang on, hang on, this throws yeah. a bit of grace. Yeah, in let's now. take a step back from yeah. from our Cresta fandom. Um, yeah. No, I mean I didn't like certainly the way he words it, it that I had that thought as well. But I think he is being hyperbolic um, mm-hmm. and sanctimonious because he wants to then justify what he goes on to do to Tova um, yeah and um, yeah like uh, this was this was another theory I had obviously that you know her pregnancy was the result of abuse which wasn't wasn't confirmed here uh, but I suspect it it's kind of you, you don't sh- like typically in in like any kind of media you don't show someone who is pregnant and then show a flashback where they have sex or or, yeah. or are abused without expecting audiences to connect the dots of the pregnancy to the sex. Um, so now here's yeah. here's the thing, Conrad. Though, if we at some point go outside of what you're calling is a simulation, right, mm. and we find that if Tova is a real person or whatever, and she's not pregnant, then what happens to that theory? Because like. It was never actually a pregnancy. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, there might have been a pregnancy at some point. Like, I think. Well, no, but yeah, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, uh, like 
what happens like that i'm just wondering what happens to the theory because i'm 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 happy for the theory to be sort of oh i see what you mean put in uh... as green green now to be honest with you having said i'm happy for you to say yep it is actually a correct theory because you're right why would they show that and imply that if it wasn't having said that um we might actually find out that this is just like <laughs> a memory or like or a manifestation of a different trauma that actually wasn't anything to do with the pregnancy that's i mean that is true i, I guess we have to we'll have to say like the theories that are, exist within the context of the simulation yeah. c- can only be correct or not within project the kerberos of the project kerberos theories <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll stick. The, we've got the Project Kerberos section, and then we'll yeah. have the real world <laughs> section. Um, but uh, yeah, but this is this is horrific. Like this scene is very hard to watch. I have to say, yeah. and, and it and it was like, uh, and that's a you know a sign of it, I guess, being done with the 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 severity and seriousness that that, that something as as awful as this deserves. Um, although we do get our traditional. Uh, Baron Bayodor and Yon Chifri's head head bashed in with rock. Oh, love it. Scene, which love they it. they lo- they cannot make something without having at least one person get their head bashed in with a rock. Uh, yeah, at least um, one. Yeah, yeah, at least one. Sometimes a couple. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I think this is this is pretty pretty clear confirmation of how Tova became pregnant. Um, and it and it it draw it, it makes you think a lot about her relationship with her family. That I mean realistically and I, i'm not speaking from a particularly knowledgeable position here but i would assume someone living in like rural denmark at the turn of the century wouldn't have access to the medical care uh necessary to have an abortion like i i, I mm. particularly if they're particularly if they're from a religious family obviously you've got the you've got the social stigma associated with it as well which which is probably not helped but i don't know if she would even be able to have an abortion um but, well, they, but, they 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 became religious based on this event. That's what they've said. So oh, yeah, you're right. So, yeah. so so therefore, there was no chance of that happening because they they viewed it as the child of Christ. Or oh, anyway, Eben did. Yeah, but I mean that uh, that makes their relationship so like just irrevocably fucked up. To be honest, that that like you watch this happen to your. I don't know how old she is, you know, teenage daughter or or, or early twenties daughter, however old Tova is, and. Um, and your response to it is to like deify the act and the result of the act, um, yeah. and just like basically just suppress all the all the all the trauma. Again, you know, it's trauma that's not being dealt with. Uh, suppress yeah. all of the trauma and all of the emotions that Tova will have as a result of this. Um, not to mention the, the the guilt she potentially feels at you know having a hand in 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 Cresta's, uh injuring as well, even though she mm-hmm. was trying to help him. Just all of that gets suppressed um and and then comes out like this in these kind of like violent recreations within the simulation and i i think this is something that we're going to see more and more of these people who who haven't dealt with this trauma and how this collection of people's you know angst and 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 uh, and sadness and grief is is creating just this nightmarish simulation or the simulation that gets more and more nightmarish as it progresses yeah 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 uh interesting point i think the trauma aspect you're talking about is definitely something that i was feeling as we were moving through um uh yeah but i I agree with you we did skip over one or two things between those two tova uh flashback attacks so we'll talk about first of all the first time tova came out of the attack when she saw Cresta getting shot uh she was pointing a gun at clemence and then even comes in and uh 
does what the USA should have done years ago and takes the gun away. <laughs> yeah, this person's insane. Maybe yeah. let's not let them have guns. That, <laughs> that, that'd, be, that'd be a good idea, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so, well uh, done to her. Well done to her after that. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah, Disarming uh, Tova, it seems like. It. Although I will say, actually, I was looking at her when she, when she actually was pointing the gun at them. She didn't have a finger on the trigger. Uh, trigger so it was excellent trigger discipline. By <laughs> yeah, Tova, excellent Tova trigger. But it's still probably best that she doesn't have a shotgun. Like, I would say. It, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, uh, so I, I think um, that... Uh, yeah, that I, I think that's pretty much everything I had on the Tova stuff. I was going to mention the... Connor gets uh, in a cupboard. Yeah, the Connor cupboard scene. That seems important. Just gets in a cupboard and then seemingly teleports which, <laughs> which yeah because he like... gets into the cupboard and then like the light comes around like we saw when the boy was appearing in there yeah and and then yeah then he sort of whisked away to what we assume that's how he sort of you exit this level i suppose if your theory is correct that the whole thing is a simulation we exit yeah. this level of the simulation because then yeah, they're going he's going to see henry singleton you know yeah which does beg the question where did the boy come from um because you know they're using the same means of transport i, d- I guess it's not necessarily confirmed that the that means of transportation always takes them to the same place but mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean Henry Henry Singleton is aware of the boy, so it stands to reason that the boy has probably been quite close to Henry Singleton at various points. Um, yeah. But yes, that seems important. I'll be interested to see what happens with that cupboard going forward. Yeah, yeah the cupboard, the cupboard seems important. Also, just a tiny little thing before we move on uh, past the flashback attacks. Then was that Eek? Uh, Eek, I've done it again. Ike and Mora, <laughs> um, Ike and Mora walking through the big old house. Mora tells Ike about the fact that. Um, uh, the fact that the boy mentioned the creator and then yeah. uh they also notice that her father's office door is no longer there but when they knock they knock the wall it sounds a little hollow to me i don't know yeah i mean it sounds like the hull of the ship again like they're kind of banging on banging on metal yeah. um yes so i didn't write too much about that to be honest like this is all you know a recreation i think inside inside mora's head um which mm-hmm. explains why bits of it are wrong i will actually one thing I did want to say about the Tova uh, scene when she comes back from that 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 traumatic memory, she's and like Clemence. covered in, uh, yeah, yeah, and Clemence like kind of uh, grabs her. She's like covered in blood and is clearly still she's she's bearing the physical um, yes, aspects yeah, yeah. of that, which you know presumably means that she was physically reliving the the, the rape as well, which is horrific on its own. Yeah. But I think this is a good example <clears throat> of why. Even if, if even if I'm right and this is all a simulation, why I'm not disinterested in what happens within it because the experiences and the emotions of the characters within it are still very real. Yeah. Um, so, and I feel like this is a really good reminder for you know people who might be like, well, nothing matters because it's all you know it's all a simulation. Um, and, and it's yeah, it's, it's good to have a very stark reminder that no, this is still real for these people. Yeah, yeah, no, you make a good point there. Uh, Lucian says sorry to Jerome. Uh, yeah. Jerome just doesn't really accept it. Um, let's no. be honest. Um, and then Lucian, uh, well, he says that Lucian got what he deserves, or gets gets what he needed, or whatever. Or got, you know, he got what he wanted. And then Lucian says, yes. "Well, I didn't get what I wanted because I've got this thing in my head." Um, basically, alluding to the idea that he's he's a terminal uh, condition. Yes. Um, and then the engine starts working. So uh, a yeah. little bit of character stuff between these two. We haven't really had a huge scene between them yet, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just. Um... I do wonder what's left for these two at this point, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, 
if I was playing, if I was like, you know, armchair script writing and be like, well, Lucian has to like sacrifice himself to save Jerome or something like that, that would be like the clap because he's dying anyway. Yeah. Um, which maybe will happen, but um, it feels like there isn't resolution there, but there also everything that, that is to be said between them has been said at this point. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm interested to see where it goes, uh, though though it does feel kind of it does feel like they've they've mined this relationship for all all it's worth at this point really okay fair enough uh then the lights come on because the engine started the lights come on they start moving ramiro and anchor uh well ramiro gives him a big kiss first Classic. of all yeah ramiro gives him a big kiss which anchor isn't thrilled about but you know whatever <laughs> like <laughs> you know it's it's time for celebration time for celebration he gives him a kiss they begin to try to navigate uh they, oh, they this start... was great this was so good like and, and you know to ramiro's credit yeah, he does yeah, yeah. sort of figure it out from the map which i was like you know what that's probably better than i could do like i'd be like i don't know which yeah. way's north and then exactly. <laughs> yeah which way's north so this this is the part i wanted to talk about right so basically they find they go anchor goes to look in books first of all ramiro slags him off for going into a book it's like what, what yeah. are you talking about he's hardly gonna get a tablet out um so <laughs> He goes and gets a book. He opens up the book, and everywhere in the book, it just says the phrase, may your coffee kick in before reality does. Yes. So that is definitely a slogan from a coffee cup that we are going to see in this show at some point. Like I feel like, I feel like at some point, there's going to be like a pullback and reveal of like the bridge of a spaceship or some stupid shit with a coffee cup resting on it with that slogan written on it. And it's just going to be something it's going to be like it's kind of like lorem ipsum maybe i don't know if you if you know like lorem ipsum but it's like um mm, it, it's sure. like it, it's like a, a text that's placeholder text basically and it's used oh yeah, a lot yeah, of, yeah uh it's used i can't i can never remember the exact words of it but it's but it's placeholder text that you'll find in a lot of places particularly yeah. for like website design and stuff like that but um it can be using code as well and i feel like that this is like the lorem ipsum of the people who are like maintaining this simulation or something and it's just going to be something that someone's stuck in as a placeholder but it's from someone's coffee cup um i'm, I'm that is 100 percent a slogan from a coffee cup so like it's gonna show up at some point it's funny you know like uh, that makes sense actually that the idea that someone who was like creating a simulation just wrote that in for the extra no one's gonna look at these books we'll just put this in you know yeah exactly um, it's like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna write the whole of fucking war and peace like let's just <laughs> stick stick some like i'll just copy and paste this in there and then we'll trust that no one ever looks at it yeah like i do love that i'll, I'll tell you a little story about this right now this well first of all when i saw this in the show my mind like i was like, sort of really for a long time on the on the idea that something was happening in terms of like and maybe I still think of this in a way, but it was some sort of experiment in terms of memory. I think that you were sort of thinking like that as well. It was yeah. like an experiment in terms of memory. And like, I was sort of transported to like, just like a little office where like they were in, like, you know, that someone was was like working on the people who were like getting experimented on or something. Yeah. And like, this is the little thing they say, may your coffee kick in before reality does. And it's just like <laughs> seeping into it through their ears, ears of the people in the memory. But, but anyway, um, what I'll say about that as well is way back when, right, maybe like like a year and a half, year and a half ago, whatever, Barambo Odor shared an image of a clapperboard from the show, right? And the clapperboard in the corner had had May Your, right? And then the rest of it was blacked out on in the corner. So I went on this 
like I I made a video or two to try to theorize what could this be. This yeah. is going to be the saying of the show, right? So I was like, this this has to be the saying of the show. So I was like trying to look up like proverbs and everything, and I didn't know what it was going to be. I really couldn't figure it out. I, I literally even got to the point where I was going and trying to fit. Like the like, you could see like the tiny bits of the top of letters, and I was trying to fit the fonts in. <laughs> honestly, and then I was like, and then whenever like a year later or whatever, they just posted all of the clapperboards of the whole show, and all the clapperboards, uh, and this one was shown without the the black squares this time, and it said, "May your coffee kick in before reality does." That's on great. the on the clapboard and i said to myself i made a video then talk say that this is the first reveal we've had about 1899 and i was like well that's that's like i've been i've been i've been duped here because i thought this was going to be important i thought this was going to be thought this was going to actually be important and then uh i thought like they just like were just like joking around on the set being like make coffee kick in before reality does reality being how much work we have to do on this show you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. And then, so I just stopped thinking about it. And then when it popped up in the show, I was like, oh my God. If I had actually thought that was real. It wouldn't surprise me if someone owned a mug that said that, to be honest. But yeah, but if if I had realized that this actually was going to be in the show when I saw May Your Coffee Kick In Before Reality Does, a hundred, like, I did predict some stuff correct from my from things, but a hundred percent I would have been going down the idea that what we're experiencing this is not reality because the word reality has been mentioned. But I just thought it was funny that I thought like, I got like triple swerve there by them. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so we'll see what that we'll see what happens with that. It's a weird. It's a weird saying in the context of this show. You know what I mean? It if, is. Say, yeah. Can you imagine if someone ha- was not onto the idea of like simulation or like experiment or whatever? <laughs> yeah. They're just like they thinking like they didn't have regularly available coffee in eighteen ninety nine. So what <laughs> yeah. does this mean? yeah it'll be so weird all right okay anyway so now now we get the big one so henry picks up a black shard he's on his weird place we don't know where it is yeah picks up a black shard now the first thing i noticed was this black shard had no effect on him yes he could touch it quite happily we've we've 10 minutes ago we saw someone touch it and then start getting infected yes but he's the same stuff yeah it is the same stuff so his ability to to like the 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 strength of the power of this antagonist if, to use <laughs> to use like dragon ball z terminology the power level of this antagonist is directly tied to the the power that uh the memory um of henriette singleton slash Maura franklin gives it so because because he was such a big antagonist in her life and she he kind of occupies the role of the main opposing force to how she lived her life through the the childhood trauma she has he has become this like overwhelming force you know he's like this the he's like like the the emperor of this simulation Mm -hmm. like in star wars so he can touch these things and not be affected by it because he control he is in control of so much of what of what this woman does um even though he's not actually he's not actually there he's not actually real Yes, yeah, he actually, yeah, I, I, I love all what you just said, and I agree with it to a certain extent. But I also thought maybe it's also a hint that he isn't real as well. Well, like the, yeah, I, I mean, there's the, he makes maybe, a rock dissolve, which, yeah. <laughs> which is like maybe a real, magic. yeah. But I mean, like a real, like someone who's like we, those. Like, we don't know about Virginia because, like, like last week she was going to jump over the edge, and your theory is that potentially the people who went over the edge are like sort of NPCs, or whatever you would call them. Yeah, yeah. So, but but the fact that he she touched it, she got black hand. He touched it and nothing happened. I thought that's, to myself, "Oh, does that mean he's not real?" You know what I mean? That's actually yeah, it's a good point actually. I hadn't really thought about that, but maybe maybe it's that. Um, yeah, it could it could easily be it could easily be because I mean the boy like if, uh, if my 
my assumption is correct and this stuff is made out of the same stuff as the pyramid then the boy is holding it all the time as well that's and true he's, not, he's never affected by it and i think he's a memory um of well, mora has actually Mora's also ha- mora has also held that pyramid when he when he's given it to her as well that's true well yeah mm, that's a good point actually yeah she has so that requ- probably requires a bit more thought as to what's ha- going on with this black yeah shot, what's going yeah. on with this black stuff it, it could be maybe it only affects people maybe it only affects the people who are like npcs you know because i thought virginia yeah. was was one as well oh maybe, um, maybe it's the opposite, the opposite of what i'm thinking yeah yeah but that is that's a good a good spot Okay, cool. Uh, Conor McGregor, Sebastian comes in, gets told he broke protocol. Um, yeah. No teleporting between the hours of nine and five, Conor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Someone could have seen you. So 48 hours until the transfer. Until mm. the transfer. Um, the transfer, what do you think that means? I mean, my first thought was it's like a data transfer from one hard drive to another. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's not it's not immediately obvious what he's talking about. Um it potentially, you know, loading the the data from from the Kerberos to the next ship, um, to, to run it run the simulation again, I guess is what they're hinting at. But as I've said, I think this is this is all part of the simulation. So um mm-hmm. yeah, they might be they, they might think that they're the ones that are restarting the simulation, but it's actually all the simulation like forcing them to do it. Okay, okay. Uh, and then also Henry says to find the boy, he needs a pyramid. Um, you know how much this project depends on it. Oh, you know, sorry. He wants a pyramid. Obviously, we don't really know why he wants a pyramid. But then he also says, you know how much depends on this project. So saying we yes. need to complete, complete the project because so much depends on it. Yes. Um, there's a couple of other things he says here as well. I don't know if you want to like get into I them mean, now. I mean, I've got the big monologue thing, so I can read that to you now if you want. Okay, um, so he, yeah. He says, people are oblivious to reality. They only see what they want to see. Imprisoned by their minds, restrictions, and uh, and all they have to do is um, shift their perspective to see the full scope of things. Yes. And then, and then we have a, sh- a shot of the big pyramid. Yes. Also, the shard, halfway through that, the shard turns to dust. Yeah. So, I mean, this is all kind of true. I think everything that he said has been true up until this point um uh, and he's actually he he's he's like kind of operating as an antagonist to mora and daniel and the people who are trying to escape or this 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 simulation um but he's actually giving them information or he's not giving them information he's not talking to them here but um but he's actually you know providing information that that is there for the the kind of the audience to fill in the blanks and also kind of i suppose he doesn't really want to help connor like he's not he's not interested in like connor mcgregor escaping the simulation so it's not actually helping him but like he's he's like a really cleverly written character because he's like a vehicle for exposition without actually appearing like he's a vehicle for exposition (laughs) exposition because he sounds like just a villain monologuing but this is absolutely true i've never been more convinced after after this scene um, that Anton Lester's character is a manifestation of Mora's traumatic childhood, um, hence why he's able to, you know, touch the rocks and control elements of the simulation. The Project Kerberos stuff is interesting because I wonder, it, like, I think that I wonder if it's a case that that Mora's Mora's trauma <laughs> to, to 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 rhyme um, has manifested in such a way as to as to trap her in this simulation so uh you know she she created this this 
neural network for whatever reason um, because she had all these unresolved unresolved problems with her dad he has now manifested as this antagonist in it but the whole project Kerberos thing is kind of wrapping around that simulation and um, obfuscating the way to end the simulation by like presenting it as like oh you have to find you know you have to find your dad and you have to you have to you know stop him from doing whatever he's doing in reality she could stop it all herself if only she could like realize that wake up yeah yeah like the perspective that she's looking at this from and and indeed the perspective that we're looking at this from by looking at Anton Lesser's character is is still too shallow there's still a whole mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. level to this that that we're not thinking about yet yeah okay um i hope so because that would make a great show um okay so <laughs> yeah but i do i do find anton lesser is very um engaging we'll say in this yes. show. it helps that he's like he, he it helps that the performance is great as well like he's a really good yeah, yeah. character actor he just sort of he can chew the scenery in a way that i i very much enjoy yeah, 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 he's great. Um, okay, so Ike and Mora uh, then are in the hospital. Shards are growing in the hospital too, interestingly. Um, yes. So uh, then Daniel says, don't touch it. Um, and then Mora says, are you working for my father? And then he's, then this is the point where he starts saying, like, do you not remember who I am? <laughs> he, refi- he says that, like, you know, I'm your husband. We got married 12 years ago. And then... Oh, well, actually, just... He doesn't say that yet, actually. He says that after... Uh, da- after after he yeets Ike away, yeah, he yeets Ike uh, back into his his ghost forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he yeets Ike away. Obviously, was like, "What is going on here?" He then <laughs> yeah. he then starts pleading with Mora, saying, "You know, do you not remember me? We got married twelve years ago. This isn't real. This none of this is real. This is the first, I suppose, confirmation for you, Conrad, for your theory matrix that this is not reality. Um, yeah. If we are to believe Daniel, that is, and then." Mora puts Dan into room 101 and he yeah. says I, l- I love you please wake up he's he's so bad at explaining things in a show yeah. full of people <laughs> yeah. who like choose not to just you know state something when when it would benefit them to do so this is maybe the worst example of it yet because he's like stumbling over his words and be like no you've got to listen to me and then he like lunges forward and it's like she's got a gun just explain to her the whole situation yeah. um, I do wonder if part of that and part of the reason why Daniel can't tell her the like full breadth of the situation is because if they just said this is all a simulation you're in control of it you've just forgotten and created this entire narrative where your father is is trapping you in a memory experiment because of unresolved trauma if they did that maybe it would be such a traumatic experience for her or it'd be such a shock to her brain that the entire simulation would shut down and everyone in it would die or something like that i feel like there's got there's got to be a reason why he doesn't just like say it in plain english I think there's something to that. I think that there's this. I've I have viewed Daniel in a way of like this certain, this slowly that they can reveal things to her. Like she has to go through milestones herself, yeah, I believe. Yeah. And I don't know if it's actually like I don't think it's milestones of like even recognition. I think it might might be milestones of like readiness for recognition. Yeah. So, if, I think I, so. I, I like I don't think that necessarily she needs to come to the conclusion herself, but that she needs to get to the point where when they reveal it to her, she will believe. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think I think that's that's the yeah, I'm I'm almost certain that must be the case because otherwise, like this scene here, it would just be like just say it, just say everything. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What's the point of this whole thing? Like literally, first episode. Instead of saying that's an Irish name, isn't it? Just go right. Listen to me, Mora. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sit down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So um, Mora then falls to the ground in the mountainous landscape. 
Yes. Um, she throws the grunt, the, the, the grunt, the gun. The grunt, she yeah. cracks the edge of the wall. Now, this is a real, like, awesome Truman show moment, you know? Yeah. Like, she's, like, touching the crack in the wall. Yeah. She rips off the uh, the, the facade or whatever. <laughs> the screen of the volume. Oh, uh, the like, screen here. Yeah. You're an engineer, off, like, off camera. She's like, fuck! <laughs> yeah. The, the thinnest LED screen known to man comes yeah. off the wall. Um, and it's the hull of the ship again. And then she said, well, she's the first of many to say, this can't be real. Yes, yeah. So she's like, again, it's it's like a really interesting reframing of that that all that statement that that Henry Singleton made in the last episode. You're not asking the right questions. You're not looking at this in the right way. Like Mm -hmm. she's she's realised that this isn't real and she's trapped in it. But her perception seems to be leading her to this idea that Henry Singleton is responsible for her being trapped in this and he's like some mastermind who's running this crazy sci-fi experiment on her and these ships and it's 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 looking beyond that that, that she needs to do but she's she, she's nowhere near it oh, oh well no that's not true she's kind of near it but she's looking in completely the wrong direction at the moment so I think I, I don't think we're going to get this like I don't think she's going to get close to it until like the third season of this show to be honest with how she is at the moment I also think that it's interesting to me like the way she said like this can't be real that doesn't sound like the line of someone who just heard someone tell you that this, none of this is real this isn't real like you know I just saying this can't be real it's almost as if she didn't comprehend what Daniel said when he said that yeah, you know what I mean? I think, I think you're right. I, and, and like the way that Daniel was performed in that scene, like first off, it's a great performance. As you can really see, like the trauma and the sadness he feels seeing his wife like oh, yeah. this. Um, we're starting to be, we're starting to see Big Dan now. I, yeah. I absolutely, absolutely love this character and actor in this show. As as the season goes on, you'll see more. I love this man. Yeah, it, it's a it's a really really great scene. Like him, uh, him and Anchor were the two characters in this world. I was like, I was really surprised by some of the performances in this, actually. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, they not that they're bad normally, but those were great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I wonder if him being, like, telling her they were married 12 years ago is already, like, a bit of a Hail Mary. Like, he's kind of like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got to tell you this because, I, like, you're, you're, you're getting too close to, you know, making a mistake and everything resetting again. But... As, as we've said like a minute ago she's not actually in a position where she's like ready to understand what that means because mm-hmm. in her head she's like I was never married or, or like I'm fairly yeah, sure yeah. she said she was never married right like yeah. she she had a baby or no she had I can't try to remember ha- what happened she, I think she well, she said she can't have children and I, she had like a miscarriage I think yeah I think point. it was impl- implied or even expressly stated that she had a miscarriage or something like that yeah yeah but I'm not sure if I'm not sure if she ever said that she was married but either way like her con- her conception or her conceptualization of herself as a person is so at odds with what Daniel has told her that she even even being told it she she doesn't register it and it's not until moments later where you know she cracks the wall of the of the simulation or uh, the, the wall of this part of the simulation that she starts to actually question it like in a in a in a mm-hmm. meaningful way yeah and then uh, Tova and her crew see a massive storm and they say that says this can't be real i thought going from like you know a, a hull of a ship in the middle of the sky in a scottish landscape to a massive storm i think the difference between there and the, the phrase this can't be real was a, a huge difference to be honest with you at the same time i suppose the clouds were moving pretty quick like, i don't really like why would you look out off the side of the boat see a storm and go this can't be real yeah i guess I guess it's the way the storm looks. I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. But I mean, to be honest, 
like I was too caught up in all along the watchtower, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to play. Like looking out into the storm that you're that you're sailing into as Jimi Hendrix starts playing. I was just like, <laughs> all right, that's pretty cool. And I I have to say, like each episode, maybe it's recency bias, but each episode of this show I watch and I'm like, ah, oh, this song is the best yet. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. and then the next episode comes along and I'm just like, ah, oh, goddamn, they they're, they're constantly one upping themselves, which is is amazing. And this one, actually, this this particular song was the one that was in the trailer, the, the final trailer before it came out. This song was the one that played through the trailer. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it was it was pretty cool. You say yeah, but you didn't watch the trailer. Uh, just to sort of let people know that. Connor didn't watch the trailer. Um, no, okay, so... Trailer. I'm, I'm merely agreeing. <laughs> You're merely agreeing. Yeah, yeah, very agreeable, man. But uh, so Ike is... Oh, this is the big one now. This, this is a big so, This is a big so we, We've talked about some endings being a little funny in like your know, Project Kerberos, you know. Um, but, I mean, uh, like, what are you talking but, about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I this, love his little computer. It's like, the, like, 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 like 70s computer fine. It was great. Anyway, yeah, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, so this one here is not funny at all. It's actually just no. really, really cool and mind-blowing. So Ike is actually, when he climbs out of his memory thing, he yeah. um, he's actually on the Prometheus. Uh, yes. And the Prometheus has now seemingly been moved to some sort of ship graveyard yeah uh, yeah there is a, a lot, lot of other ships, ships there yeah there's a lot of other ships so what are you thinking about this ending here so this is all part of project kerberos i think like this the these these ships being moved around within the simulation is anton lesser's or henry singleton's aspect of the plan like this this is him being like oh um you know i uh, we're doing something with these ships where like i'm not entirely sure what henry singleton's plan is um but but i'm fairly certain that these ships being like you know sent here as they as they, as uh, as they serve their purpose and the simulation being restarted mm-hmm. is 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 like is the project kerberos um yeah, I haven't really thought about what their goal would be, but obviously the boy in the pyramid. Yeah, I don't know what like, I, I like. It's it's going to be something to do with them trying to stop Mora from waking up or something like that. I think mm. um, maybe not in quite as explicit terms as that, but um, but yeah. So I, I mean, my big question at the end of this is, uh, what the fuck is I going to do now? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he what? seems kind of stuck here, to be honest. Yeah, he's just that's just him done now. He's not in the show anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming, Andreas. You you like you can pack it up and leave. Okay, right. Here we go. So uh, the man in Toby's dream uh, is the one who potentially raped her, leading to a pregnancy. So that was confirmed in this episode, I think. Well, more or less. Like, uh, I guess the pregnancy part isn't explicitly confirmed. Um, the Institute building is a real memory of Mora's, but not where it currently sits in the simulation, the tundra land, meaning the tundra landscape. Okay. So I was like, oh, it's probably in London or something. Uh, the grave marker near the Institute building is Kieran's grave. So brothers. Um, Mora doesn't remember what happened in the room with the chair because it was her who was experimenting there. This is a muddled memory and her subconscious won't let her remember something so traumatic. Mm. Uh, the spread of the black pyramid material is the simulation restarting and dumping everything from memory, etc. Uh, may, your co- may your coffee kick in before reality is going to be written on someone's coffee cup in this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um 
Anton Lesser's character is a manifestation of Mora's traumatic past that has emerged as an antagonist inside the simulation controlled by her mind, hence why he is able to control aspects of it. So that's a pretty big one. There, that's that's so. a very wordy theory. <laughs> yeah, but some great theories there, Conrad. I love as well your prediction about the coffee cup because I spotted um, earlier when you were taking a sip of coffee, yours says, I run on coffee on it. So There you go. Yeah, that's a, this is what we're going to see. We're going to see <laughs> a slightly <laughs> overweight man looking very tired like and like pull back and reveal of like somebody who looks like an engineer being like like i don't get paid yeah, enough for this <laughs> sipping from a coffee cup with i hope uh, the, the coffee kicks in before reality does as he codes away this simulation that's gonna happen at some point i'm sure of it i mean that would be fan- absolutely fantastic right without any further ado let's get into conrad's post pre post pre thoughts thank you <laughs> Uh, hello, we're back at the end of the episode. Uh, my first time watching 1899 in a couple of weeks, and it is like an old jumper. Lovely to slip back on. Uh, first things first, hell yeah, Jimi Hendrix at the end of that episode. Uh, I'm sure I've talked about it in the in the main body of the episode with Anthony, but that was amazing. Um, the ship graveyards and simulations within simulations and all sorts in this episode were fantastic. There's so much to... Like I guess conceptualize is the word I would use there. Like or just think about. Like is it's it's really like it's really compelling stuff. And speaking of compelling things, um, Anton Lesser's character Henry Singleton. I'd like I've started writing Henry Singleton one in my notes here because uh, to distinguish him from who I think Mora is, which is Henry Singleton two, or really just Henry Singleton. We've talked about it before. I'm not going to get into it here, but um, Anton Lesser's character is such a compelling manifestation of Mora's unresolved trauma um i love seeing the stuff with him because it's it's like it makes the 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 sort of broader plot really interesting as well but it's also this really interesting twist on um like Mora's own emotional state and how that's represented in the show so that's great uh, i cannot wait for next week um and also the last thing i wanted to say is anchor and daniel particular standouts for having like really really awesome moments of just some acting some acting in this episode um yeah really really like touching performances from both of those actors and i really i really kind of felt some pathos for them but uh yeah cannot wait for next week uh, i hope you enjoyed the show and i will see you then well there we go conrad episode six in the bag we have uh two to go two to go so we are getting there we're getting there now i'm looking forward to seeing how you're getting on in terms of positive negative conrad theory matrix uh score yeah. you, at, the, at the minute do you think it's going to be a positive or a negative at the end of the season uh i think it's pretty close to be honest i mean there's a lot of unresolved yeah but gonna be the way. a lot of them are wrong i'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you a lot of these are probably gonna end up being wrong yeah yeah fair enough okay well there we go um coming up uh soon enough on the channel anyway we're gonna have uh me explaining the end of dark three years on um uh, little nice. short little short video you can show your friends um as well <laughs> as that uh i want to also give an update on the plagiarism thing haven't been able to because of the christmas period i'm sure most of you already know but some people just aren't on twitter so i suppose i should uh, i should give you an update on that anything in the in the in the works for you conrad um, I'm doing the latest bad guy breakdowns on Anton Shigur. That's almost done. And I've got a video about... Um, I'm doing a short play video about uh, when the United Kingdom decided to ban ninjas from things in the early 90s. It was a dumb video. <laughs> but that's going to come out sometime soon. 
I love it. I absolutely love it. We need a bit of respite from from the heavy discussion of eighteen. Absolutely, yeah. Like we do all we do all the like. This is the business end of the yeah, channel yeah. right here, and then I just go off and make random shit the rest of the, <laughs> the, rest of the time. And we love you for it, Conrad. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining me, and we will catch you next week. Subscribe, like the video, all that sort of all that stuff. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>